righty. Once again, we are back. Baseball chatter is here. And before we begin, um, we've had this person on as a special guest for our AL West um, division breakdown. And now this person has once again come on the show, but has joined baseball chatter full time now. Garrett Ostrode, welcome back and welcome aboard. How are you doing? Doing pretty good, man. I appreciate you having me. I appreciate you guys welcoming me aboard. Uh, last time I came on, I mean, just felt like a good fit and uh, love talking baseball with you guys. So um, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to getting going and, and seeing where we can take this thing. We are, we are so happy to have you on. I know, um, obviously, bringing in a unique Angels perspective to the table, but also just a great baseball mind, someone who's played baseball for a long time throughout throughout your life um have been involved in the game um still around in the game um great to have you on uh and lennon is joining us as always lennon how are you doing i'm doing great and it's nice having um garrett come and join us it's gonna be like a nice addition absolutely Our podcast. Lennon, lennon is actually just finishing up he's gonna be graduating middle school on Thursday, tomorrow, today, actually, by the time this recording is posted. Um, so congratulations, Lennon, on that. You're going to be starting off uh, high school soon. You're going to do some summer school. So it'll be quite the experience for you. Um, but once again, glad to have you aboard as well. Jacob, unfortunately, is not able to join us. He is swamped during finals week. He's in his what second year of college right now at LA Trade Tech. So he's doing He's trying to hustle and finish off the year um, strong, but nonetheless, we are all here and excited to get going. I'm going to start us off with something that our Instagram account, um, we posted on our Instagram account yesterday, a couple of things actually, um, but I saw this tweet from Taylor McGregor, who is a reporter um, for the Chicago Cubs, um, and I saw this uh, originally as a tweet. And so she posted Chris Bryant through 50 games this season versus the 2016 year when he won the NL MVP in 2016, he slashed 280, 366, 510, 12 homers, and then weighted runs created plus of 134. So that was in 2016 when he was the NL MVP this year, 324, 406, 611, 12 homers, 175 weighted runs created. So head and like heels way better in 2021. So I open here uh, with a question to both of you. Is Chris Bryant a legitimate NL MVP contender right now? I mean, um, I, I, you just take a look at the, how the Cubs are playing right now. And I, I think, um, I think the answer has got to be yes. Him in a, like a contract year. Uh, there's been trade talks uh, with him for years now, ever since he won that MVP. And it seems like he's kind of been a little underwhelming since that MVP season. But I think he's just, you know, taking that step forward that he needs to and uh, really proven that, you know, he wants to possibly stay in Chicago and earn that contract extension. So, I mean, I, I think he could absolutely keep it up. Obviously, the way he's playing right now, he's, he's, um, looking like an MVP contender. Absolutely. And he's, he's done it before. Uh, he's led a team to, to a world series, been an MVP before. So I think it's, it's certainly something that's for real and uh, it's good to see. Absolutely. And Lennon, how about you? What do you think? Um, I think for sure, you know, he's been like 
so good this year. He he kind of cooled down this past, this past month, but he's still like really really good, like how he was in twenty sixteen when he won the MVP. If he uh, keeps it up, he could for sure be like top three in MVP voting, yeah. no doubt. I I agree with both of you. He le- he is a legitimate contender. And I feel like it was, it's kind of like sneaky numbers. Like you hear Ronald Acuna, Vladimir Guerrero, Tatis, um, Shohei Otani, just to name a few of guys that are like actually putting up great numbers. And then Chris Bryant just quietly putting up solid numbers. And then you look at the standings and I was like, the Cubs are in first place. <laughs> like it was a shocker to me the other day when I looked there, I was like, are you kidding me? And not only that, but they've, they've won nine of their last 10 games. Um, in that division, they have a run differential of 38 and all the other teams, Cardinals have a run differential of just plus one. Everyone else is in the bottom, bottom half of that, but really not too many people predicted them to win this division. Um, a lot of people going with the Cardinals or the Brewers as, as the more, uh, sexy picks, if, if you want to say that, but here they are, the core is getting it done. And Chris Bryant is, is a big part of that reason, um, that the Cubbies are, are doing so well. So I, I couldn't agree more with um, with both of you there. Be pretty um, nice if they. Sorry, be pretty nice if they had a, a pitcher like you, Darvish, huh? Wouldn't that be nice? Oh, you think they're regretting <laughs> letting go of Darvish? I I mean, I feel like they might be in the trade market to acquire a starting pitcher if they keep this up. So, uh, I, I mean, there's got to be some kind of regret. I think. I I almost wish that. Um, that the Cubs weren't doing well, and then they could just go full sell mode and let go of Bryant and see what they could get back, especially if Bryant is putting up numbers like he's doing right now. Um, But now Mm -hmm. it's like, hey, we got to probably buy um, few buyers here at the trade deadline in a couple of months and see what we got. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Another thing that we posted and talked about was just, I mean, we posted about Tatis. He had homers in three of his last four games a couple days ago. Um, ended up tying uh, for homer and lead at 16. Currently, it's now 17 with um, Ronald Acuna. And who else is out there? Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Both Bloody, yeah. 17 homers now. Um, I bring up this question because I was watching Long Gone Summer. If you haven't watched it yet, go watch it. The season of 1998. Um, the home run race, the year that, you know, they say steroids saved baseball. Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, the home run race, right? Now, it just seems like people have been talking about this home run race throughout the first couple of months of the season. And I'm asking, like, are we in store for another, like, historical home run race season? Man, that is that, – that's tough to say. I mean, that – yeah, that long – long gone summer 1998 that that's unlike anything I think we'll ever see I mean guys hitting 60 plus uh, like multiple guys hitting 60 I don't know so it'll be interesting I feel like there's always like um maybe not this this long but there's always like a pretty heated home run battle at, at the beginning of the year but um I mean you're right and they're all like very obviously very fun and young players with Acuna and Tatis and Vladdy, I think it, that just makes it a little bit more interesting that they're all young superstars and um, they're balling out. So 
I mean, I think it'll be very, very entertaining home run race, but I don't necessarily think it's going to be like historical 55, 60 homers each uh, type deal. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Len, what do you think? Um, Yeah, like Garrett said, it's usually at like the beginning of the year where you have air with them like up close, but I'm honestly hoping that a good like five guys, like not just two people, like a good like five guys are all just like battling for that top spot in home runs. But I'm really hoping that whole time leads in home runs, it'll be like a history mark to have like a pitcher leading in home runs in, in Major League Baseball. Oh, we have to go back. Maybe Babe Ruth did it. I don't know from the numbers there. Um, but it definitely is interesting for sure. It, 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 totally. it will be interesting yeah. to see um, a pitcher, a pitcher, whatever you want to call it, Tani, <laughs> win a silver slugger in the American League. Yeah. <laughs> so that for designated hitter. <laughs> definitely in there for, for at least a DH. Um, it sure is. I'm hoping for for a big home run battle. I mean, I think it could be historic um, in terms, maybe not in the numbers of Mark McGuire hit 70, and I think Sosa finished with 66. I don't think that we're going to get to that total. But if we do have like five or six guys, like Lennon was saying, battling it out, that's historic, I think, of having, especially yeah. the youth in the game when we're looking at Tatis, um, Vladimir Guerrero, Ronald Acuna, uh, maybe even Juan Soto gets in the mix um, it, it could be it could be very entertaining down the stretch, and just um, just an FYI, entering into June, obviously June third today, um, when this recording is going to officially be posted. At the start of June, Sammy Sosa only had thirteen home runs going in there, so it is within the realm of possibility for someone just absolutely going off. Didn't he have? But in didn't June, he have tw- yeah, I was gonna say, didn't he have 20 in June or something? Yeah, but in June, he did have <laughs> the most historical month in baseball history with 20 yeah. home runs, which we haven't seen quite that total since Stanton did it in August of 2017 when he hit 18. Um, possibility, possibility, you're not ready. Um, we are also with bringing Garrett aboard, we also want to designate Garrett. Um, giving a special segment each week. So a special segment for the top of the month. So every first week of the month, we're going to have, we haven't even figured out a really, have you thought of a cool name for it? Oh, that's a good task for me this week. Prospect pipeline. I don't know. Prospect. Yeah. I'm probably going to do some like uh, trademark research on that, but we'll we'll figure it out. Okay. We'll get it locked in. For sure. Well, (laughs) just to get what we do have locked in is at the start of every month, the first week of the month, Garrett is going to bring us some prospect updates around MLB. Um, Obviously he can't get to every single prospect, but Garrett, what do you have uh, compiled so far for our first one? Yes. So yeah, we'll we'll dig into some of the the prospects around baseball. I I just had a few guys picked out Uh, first time doing this. So, um, just kind of want to update on some of the, some of the top guys we're we've been seeing here uh, so far in the, the young minor league season. Um, of course, I mean I gotta gotta represent uh, the Angels somehow. So um, the first Dell, guy yeah. I, I want to highlight, yeah, Joe Dell is the first guy we're going to talk about. He's technically not a prospect on MLB Pipeline, but he is with Baseball America, number thirteen prospects in baseball for Baseball America. 
The reason I want to talk about him is because I've actually been seeing a lot of Angels fans clamoring to, to get him up. Um, and, and last year was historically bad. His, his like 30-game sample he had was, was terrible. Um, but he does currently lead all of minor league baseball with 12 home runs in 23 games, which is pretty, 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 pretty sweet. Um, so yeah, yeah, pretty good. I think the next close is at like nine. So he's definitely, uh, hit the ball out of the yard. Yeah. It's very, it's very, very impressive. Uh, especially like I mentioned after that disaster cup of coffee last season. Uh, but he definitely has a long way to go in terms of his defense. He's just does not look comfortable in those outfield, uh, corner outfield spots. And then, uh, he's only batting, I think, 245 currently with a ton of strikeouts. So uh, cut down on strikeouts, let him play those corner positions a little bit more. I think he definitely still uses that. He is definitely matching the ball out of the yard. So um, we'll definitely give him that. Um, and then the next guy I wanted to highlight here, which, I mean, you probably probably going to talk about this guy a lot this year. Um but number one prospect in baseball, Wander Franco. I, I mean, the the Rays, I don't know if you guys talked about this last week or not, but uh, the Rays actually traded their starting shortstop, Willie Adamez, to the Brewers. And he was a former top 20 prospect in baseball himself. Um, and then, of course, they got a couple couple bullpen arms back. Um, but that really just paved the way for, for Franco. I mean, there's really nothing in the way of him being the starting shortstop. Uh, but he's still grinding away in, in AAA. He started off the season pretty solid, uh, about a 299 batting average, currently uh, 897 OPS, four homers, 21 RBIs. So some solid numbers, a switch hitter, got power. He's going to hit 280 at least in the bigs. Um, since the trade, the Rays have been actually going with their, their number seven prospect, um, Taylor Wall, former third-round pick from Florida State. He he's off to an okay start. He's hitting just above 200. He's a good good defender. Um, always said he's kind of a defensive first guy. Um, the Rays seem to like him, but I mean, there's no way that Broncos going to be down too much longer, especially if the Rays want a shot to get back to the World Series. You know, and, um, I don't know if you. Yeah, I mean, had anything on that? But then, that's great. That's great stuff. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is. Um, I think I saw you actually retweet something um, uh, maybe at the start of the minor league season uh, where they were comparing Joe Adele's revamped swing to Fernando Tatis. And yeah. you were like, oh, hey, if that's a comparison and if he's <laughs> close to that, then sure, we'll take it. Um, and the fact that he's mashing yeah. the ball right now, obviously cut down the strikeouts, put the ball in play a little bit more would uh, bode well for him and, and playing a little bit more solid defense, something that the Angels, I think, also need um, mm -hmm. as well. But yeah. that's, that's high praise to even just compare those swings there, and they did look eerily similar um, yeah. compared to the video. Yeah, he, he definitely cut down on a lot, of, a lot of movement in his swing. It seems shorter to the ball, and it's, it's, it's showing. I mean, he's always had insane – bat speed but he's never really had crazy power numbers in the minors so it's good to see his like bat speed and stuff's translating uh in terms of power uh, on the field um and then i also did have two other guys just real quick um jared kelenic he just got called up by the mariners not too long ago he's played about 10 games or Struggling. about 15 games or so 
Yeah, 72 at-bats, only seven hits. Um, tough start. I mean, they don't really have any other protection in that lineup. And he, he definitely seems like he belongs. Um, just He just needs to uh, get into a, a groove a little bit. Um, so that's been interesting to follow. And then um, speaking on another team that is, is in a playoff position um, that might, you know, call up one of their top guys, uh, Mackenzie Gore for the Padres. They're talking about him possibly making the team out of the spring. Hasn't did do great in spring. And then he also has been off to a little bit of a slow start uh, in AAA. So it'll be interesting to follow him as uh, the Padres um, try to make that run to the playoffs there. I certainly hope that Jared Gelenic, um starts to get in a groove. Uh, he, he's a big leaguer already. Plain and simple. Yeah. I think, I think he's, he's been ready. Um and I'm excited for him. Obviously, I picked him up on fantasy when I heard that they were going to finally call him up. And so uh, I'm waiting for the numbers to start popping off a little bit here or there. But give him some more time, and I think he'll start settling in to who he is. Um, Lennon, quick question for you. Um, do the Rays bring up Mr. Franco before September call-ups, or do they wait till September? I think – they're, they're going to wait until like the All-Star break. They're going to see how they are doing by the All-Star break and see if they need, need him or just give him some more time to like develop in the minors and then bring him up in, in um, September. Okay. Better question for Garrett. Garrett, same thing, but a little bit more nuanced here. If the Rays mm-hmm. are still in first place and um, – there, who who did they go with again? Their seventh prospect, you said. Yeah, his name is Taylor Walls. Joey Wendell's playing a little short as well, but but Walls has been getting the majority of the, the play at short. So if if the Rays are still in first place, you know August September ish, and it looks like they're going to win the division and be a postseason team, do they roll the dice and and bring up Franco even though, but simultaneously they're in first place, but Walls and Wendell are not doing great at the shortstop position? Do they say, hey, we're doing okay, even though we could get more productivity out of this position? Or what do they do? I mean, I I think if they're in, in first place or close to it and those guys are just doing okay, uh, and, and, you know, Franco isn't completely um, tanking in the minors, I think, I think you absolutely have to take the chance. Because I think – they, they've been to the playoffs, you know, the last few years. They went to the World Series last playing anymore just to, to get in the playoffs. I think uh, Wanda probably gives you the best shoot run uh, because he really can be a difference maker. Uh, so I think they, they have to take a shot um, and, and call him up um, unless one of those other guys is absolutely uh, killing it. Uh, I think, yeah, he'll definitely get a shot for sure. That's great stuff. We cannot wait. Uh, it's been a great first edition of the prospects corner asking. We're still working on that trademark there. Uh, Love it. Here, it's going to be some more research there, but great stuff on all those prospects that you gave us. Um, exciting to see what next month uh, brings to us. Maybe some of these guys are in the show. Um, they might be. So it, it's going to be fun to see how that unfolds. Um, okay. Uh, the, the month of May culminated and ended. And um, we have award winners for the month of May that MLB released. Semyon, AL 
uh, most valuable player for the month of May, player of the month, and Fernando Tatis Jr., uh, National League Player of the Month. Agree or disagree with both of these picks? Why or why not? You got it, Len. Um, I mean, I don't see Marcus Simeon. I don't know too much on. Like, I really just like found out, like last week that he was having like a killer month. But then Tatis, he was. He was doing good, but then really, I feel like the last, like, if he didn't do really good, like, this last week with, like, all those home runs he was hitting, I don't think he would have been player of the month. But, you know, it's up to you. He's going to do some good things, so. So, I know I know you yeah. you had met, you texted me saying, you know, Tatis did have a good, good month, but it should have been Max Muncy. So, I got both of their numbers here, and I'm going to ask you, based on the numbers, I'm not going to tell you who who's who. You might be able to guess. But based on the numbers, then we'll decide who should have been player of the month. So our first player uh, batted 330 for the month, 10 homers, 19 RBIs, and posted a 440 on-base percentage. Our other player batted 353, 9 homers, 26 RBIs, and also posted a 440 on-base percentage. Who are you taking in that scenario? Well... It's hard because I know which one's which. I, I think I saw this today. They were comparing the two. That's funny you brought that up because I was, I was going to say, yeah, Muncy was, was close. Um, I don't know. I mean, those are so, so similar. I, I, it's it's very tough to, to – I guess you just take the guy who plays shortstop. I don't know. I think it really just came down to popularity at the end of the day. Probably. It could it could have very well been. Um, Tatis did bat 353. He has the higher average. Um, and more runs batted in. Muncie does have uh, the advantage with one more homer. But um, Padres obviously were rolling. Um, they were in first place for a big majority of the month of May. Um, Giants have them beat right now. They're struggling last couple of games here and there, getting smacked up by the Cubs. But um, maybe that has something to play play into it. Pitchers of the month. Kevin Gossman, 5-0 and with the 0.73 ERA. And then our AL Player of the Month. It's hard to believe that this guy's 41 years old and winning Player of the Month. <laughs> our good old friend Rich Hill went 3-1 and with a 0.78 ERA in 34 and two-thirds innings, 36 strikeouts. Um, I mean, does, does Rich Hill, like, does, does he ever get bad? I feel like he's just a competitor that just keeps going. Like, obviously, we've seen guys pitch well into their 40s, like a Bartolo Colon or a Jamie Moyer, but we haven't seen someone pitch into their 40s. Well, maybe Nolan Ryan, and and pitch this effective in a long time. I think. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't think he got good till he was 35. So, I mean, it's uh, yeah. it's crazy. I he just yeah he just had a lot in the tank, I guess, and. Uh, he's, he's battled through those, you know, those annoying blisters and um, injuries and stuff like that. And, um, good to see it, man. I don't, he just keeps plugging away. And Rays always, you know, do great stuff with their pitchers. So that's uh, no surprise. 100%, 100% agree with that. Lennon, what do you think? Are you, are you surprised that Rich, Rich Hill's doing it? I mean, I am, but he never really threw hard. It really just like his breaking pitches were the things that really had him like, to be like decent or like good sometimes but 
So, like, when you get older, you feel like your vila goes down. So, it really wouldn't affect him since he really never threw that hard either way. So, I feel like he's going to feel like this for, like, a good while. You know, and, and when when it was announced that he was going to sign as a free agent with Tampa Bay, I was like, that's like the perfect marriage. I mean, the Rays are very analytical. I think even Rich Hill, once he, you said it, Garrett, he wasn't really good until he was about 35 when he had that one year with the A's and then Dodgers traded for him and, and he was putting up great numbers. But Rich Hill, I think was at least from nowadays when pitchers are like trying to find different arm slots and a more analytical level and really studying their video and film. Uh, Rich Hill was doing that. I mean, he was throwing like eight, seven different curveballs that maybe he had a little bit different. Maybe he had a different arm angle coming at coming at you or or slide step different in the delivery that actually changed the perception and levels and depth of and and break of his breaking balls. And uh, I was like, this is a great fit. You know, the the Rays aren't going to have him ask him to be going six, seven innings every day uh, or every five days. Um, so, I mean, he's going to pitch his four, five innings, maybe put up zeros and, and give the team a chance to win. And, and that's exactly what he's doing. He's actually pitching a lot more than I expected. I thought the Rays would just use him maybe four innings, three innings, every start, but he's going pretty deep into the ball games. Um, absolutely very exciting, um, to always see him succeed. Now, our next thing is a quick postseason look, which is very far away from us but mlb on fox their instagram account posted um their playoff predictions based on some type of uh, uh some type of analytical simulation based on where everyone's at right now um based on the what is it here baseball reference projections so here are the postseason five postseason teams in the American League. Number one seeded Tampa Bay Rays. Number two White Sox. Number three Astros. And in the wild card, number four Yankees and number five Oakland A's. Do you agree with all five of those postseason potential teams making it, or do you think there's a team that got left off here that's actually going to make it? I mean, I think that's pretty spot on. Um, those would probably be my five picks as well. I mean. I think the the one obvious one or the two obvious ones uh, being left out are the the two other teams in the East, the Red Sox and the Blue Jays. But um, I don't know. I mean, I think the cream will rise to the top, and it's going to be the Rays and the Yankees. Uh, and then I, um, it seems like a two team race in the West. So I think the A's and the you know Astros get it done there, and um, obviously the White Sox uh, look great. So uh, yeah. Okay, Lennon. You agree with those five teams in the American League? Um, yeah, I would say so. I don't really see nothing All right. wrong with them. Yeah, I mean, currently they leave out the Red Sox, who would be a postseason team if the postseason started today. Um, all the other teams fairly close. To mention the Blue Jays, they wouldn't be a playoff team, but they are very close if the playoffs started today. We take a look at the National League, and this is where we might have some disagreements according to the baseball record projections number one seeded san diego padres number two seeded chicago cubs number three atlanta braves and in the wild card spots number four la dodgers and number five san francisco giants so three of the nls teams making it there giants currently in first place but they have them actually dropping all the way to third in that division um and then they have the cubs hanging on to that in all central and the braves 
surpassing the Mets, who are currently first um, in the National League East Division. You agree with these five teams making it? Three NL West teams? I actually, I actually do. Um, I think it's just you know the Central and the East have been so disappointing. Uh, I mean the the Brewers are cannot hit, uh, and then the Cardinals they've been. Um, well, I mean, pretty pretty underwhelming after getting Arenado. So I mean, those three teams in the West are all uh, just separating themselves, showing themselves really really good teams. Uh, and then I think in those two other decisions. Visions—it's kind of a a crapshoot. Uh, we'll see. So you think the Braves eventually take the division over the Mets? I I do. Yeah. I mean, Gibby Brown can only put his team on the back on his back for too long. So I think the I think the Braves uh, will will get there and um, the way he's well for sure. Start just dialing him in there at short instead of Lindor. No kidding. No kidding. <laughs> Lennon, do you agree <laughs> with those five teams making the postseason? Um, yeah, but like Eric said, yeah, I really think the Braves are really going to like take over in like the next half of the yeah. year. Yeah. yeah, I mean the Braves. I mean talent wise, talent wise, I think they still have the Mets beat. Both teams are very talented, but I think the Braves. The Braves were there. They've been there. Um. And and being up just being just one win away from making it to the World Series, that's gotta just drive them to to want to be there again. Um, but yeah, let's. Um, okay, so y'all still hear me, or am I freezing? Can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you. Okay. I muted myself. So I created a quick little game. We'll call it Over Under. Um, so yesterday on Wednesday, uh, it was ALS Lou Gehrig, today, uh, Lou Gehrig Day. And so we're going to take a look at the career of Lou Gehrig. I highlighted five categories. Don't go looking up now. Five categories, homeless, <laughs> runs batted in, batting average, on-base percentage, and uh, war. And we'll say over or under. That'll be the game. So we'll start okay. with wins above replacement. Career war. Did Lou Gehrig have a career war over 110 or under 110? Oh, gosh. I would say over. Yeah, I'm going to say over as well. Um well, yeah, I, I just don't know how many seasons he played. He played. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take over. He, he played 17 seasons, although that 17th season, he only played eight games and then retired. Yeah. Which I was okay. surprised. He got seven, 16 years in. Yeah, that's, it was that's a longer than I thought. Year, um, than I had originally thought. So both of you going with over. Both of you are correct. Just over that 110 mark, finishing at 114.1. Hmm. Our next category, batting average. Career batting average of 320, over or under? Over. I think I'm going to go under. I think it was like 315 or something. I don't know. Okay. I mean, Garrett, you you have 
picked wrong on this one. So Lennon goes two for two. It was over, and it was over by a lot. Three forty career batting average for Gehrig. (laughs) Next one is career home runs, five hundred on the dot. Over or under? Under. I feel like I should know this. Um, I mean, I think I'm going to stick with Lennon. He's, he's spot on today. I think we're going to go under. And you are both right again. Just missed the 500 mark, finishing at 493. On base percentage, career on base percentage of 430. Over or under? Over. Yeah, I, I feel like it's got to be over. 447. Ding, ding, ding. So wow. Garrett still only missed one. Lennon, a perfect four for four. Final one, career RBI total, 2,000. Over or under? Under. You're so confident with us. You're quick. I know, Ooh, I, 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 someone, someone probably looking at that baseball reference. Yeah. Right no, but actually, though, <laughs> earlier today, I was looking at his stats earlier today. Okay. Because oh, okay, I was okay. like, there you go. Now I'm going to ride with you. I'm going to go under. It It is under. He was five short of 2,000, finishing with 1,995, wow. which is still good enough for seventh all time in terms of RBIs. An active wow. player, Albert Pulos, currently sits at three. That's that's the game there. Um, before we wrap up today's episode, this week's episode, we always love to end with what are we looking forward to for next week? And one thing that I'm really excited for um, is Yankees versus Red Sox. First time. I mean, it's hard to believe that it's we're already in June and this is going to be their first series against each other starting off on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, a three-game set, Yankees and Red Sox, two teams battling and out in the American League East, uh, along with the Tampa Bay Rays and Toronto Blue Jays. But I'm very excited. The pitching matchups are a little underwhelming here and there. We're not getting the the great arms that we should be seeing. Um, but still, Yankees, Red Sox, you got to be pumped for that. So that's uh, what I'm looking forward to two for next week. Lennon, how about you? I'm like, honestly, just like not sure. There's like so many things to like really just like notice, but I'm, I'm like, I actually don't know. You know, one thing, one thing that I, that I was thinking of Lennon was Dodgers and Braves also this weekend. Um, So first time I believe since, the Braves blew a 3-1 series lead in the championship series. But also reminiscent, I don't know if you saw, but on Wednesday, Dodgers-Cardinals in the first inning, Dodgers put up 11 runs, 11 runs. which is very yeah. similar to what they did against <laughs> the Atlanta Braves in game three of the championship series. Was it 11 runs yeah. in that series in that game too? I think it was. Yeah, it was 11, 11 runs. runs. And then the they ended inning. up winning like 14 something so it's crazy but uh that's another thing that i think i'm excited to see um and obviously we get great pitching matchups i think the first one on friday Julio Rios, ian anderson um can't go wrong with that pitching duel and then get kershaw on saturday bauer on sunday yeah how about you 
what you pumped for for next week? I am pumped um, as, a, as a fan of pitchers and, and strike. I think I'm losing you a little bit here. One second here. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I, if it's just me or my connection or whatever the case is, but go ahead. Okay, cool. Can you hear me? Cool. Um, yeah, just talking about, um, don't want to pick on my, my hometown D-backs or anything, but I'm excited to see uh, Brian, uh, or Brian Woodruff and, and Corbin Burns go back-to-back against the, the D-backs. Uh, seeing those two guys, um, it's a pretty weak team. will be pretty fun to watch, especially seeing what DeGrom did to them last week. Uh, so that'll be, that'll be fun to watch. Absolutely. Cannot go wrong with that. I mean, they've been punching out guys left and right. I mean, right when Burns sets the record, then Garrett Cole just breaks it right after that. I mean, <laughs> in terms of strikeouts without walking a batter. Um, great stuff. Great stuff. And, yeah, the D-backs are, are not playing great baseball. Great. Line. <laughs> it's, a, it's a tough year for them. But we're going we're gonna to wrap up. On that note, um, Garrett, once again, welcome aboard. Uh, glad to have you on for the remainder of Baseball Chatter. Uh, excited. Thank you so much for bringing your unique perspective and also the prospects um, list today. No doubt. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for, thanks for having me, guys. I'm looking forward to chatting some ball with you every week and uh, going from there. 100%. And Lennon, once again, thanks again for always – being on and bringing in your I don't know what to say your the way that you just dispute Fernando Tatis's excellence and uh his Lou Gehrig knowledge for sure and, and yeah your sneaky Lou Gehrig knowledge that you <laughs> suddenly randomly oh yeah I actually looked that up at the today um but <laughs> kudos to you perfect five for five in the game I think that's the first game you won it is. Yeah. <laughs> you were overdue. <laughs> all righty. It's been great. Um, we will see you all next week. Adios.